Welcome to r slash nuclear revenge, where OP sends his scummy landlord's entire family to jail. Our next Reddit post is from user ad. So buckle up, this is going to be a long ride. These events took place over several years. I'm going to begin with the main players. Me, my ex-wife Pepper, revenge target number one. Her boyfriend, Steve, revenge target number two. The boyfriend's ex-wife, Maria, who was my co-partner in the revenge. My daughter, Sarah, and my friend, Jason, who was an accomplice in the revenge. With that set, let's get some backstory out of the way. So, my ex-wife, Pepper, and I had a very up-and-down marriage. It was one of those relationships where I was madly in love with her, but looking back, I think that she was in it more for the money and convenience. She had one son who we'll call Drug because he was, and still is, a major drug addict. She had drug before we got married, and I also had a son that I had full custody of. While we were married, we had Sarah. I toughed the marriage out for as long as I could, but eventually, we just couldn't keep it together. We separated, and due to traveling some for work and having custody of my son... I moved back to my hometown a few states away so my parents could help out. But I kept an apartment in the town that Pepper and Sarah lived in so that I could still spend as much time with my daughter as I could. At this time, I asked my best friend Jason, who's a lawyer who owns his own firm, to set up a child support agreement for us. It is very important to note that it only addressed child support. It said nothing about custody or visitation. So, for about a year, this was how it would work. I would spend a month with Sarah while my parents watched my other son. Then, I would spend a month with my son. Almost exactly a year later, I could no longer afford keeping two households. Also, Pepper wanted to move back to her hometown, which was in a different state, but also closer to where I lived, so I gave up on the apartment and she moved. The new situation continued for a couple more years. Pepper and I remained friendly, and even tried to reconcile the relationship a couple of times, but it wouldn't work out. I was still deeply in love with her, but we couldn't come to an agreement on things like where to live. I forced myself to try to move on and started dating. She, on the other hand, had been dating basically since the day after I moved out. Even though I still loved her, our relationship became more like friends rather than husband and wife. Then, Pepper finally met Steve. I was never told much about Steve, other than the fact that he was a certified ethical hacker and that's what he did for employment. This is important later. While they were dating, she would send me texts about their dates. She even texted me the day they first passionately hugged each other. This hurt me deeply, and looking back, I think this is what she wanted to happen, but I tried to play the part of a good friend and confidant. Steve and Pepper had been dating for six months when, out of the blue, Pepper told me they broke up and she realized that she's madly in love with me. Since it's the beginning of summer, she packs up some suitcases and heads to my state. She and the kids were going to spend the summer with me and see if they liked it or not. We had an amazing summer. All the kids are getting along, even Drug loved it there, so she made it official and we were back together and they moved in. We registered my daughter for school, and we were even able to get her on a peewee cheerleading team for the summer. She made several friends and loved being here. There was only one problem. Pepper still had an apartment that had all of her furniture and stuff in it. I offered to drive over with my truck and load everything up, but she insisted that her and Drug could get it done. So, off they went to pack up all their stuff for their new home. As you can guess, things did not go as planned. 
She was home for about three days when she told me that under no circumstance would she move in with me, and that her and Steve are in love and they're moving in with each other. To say that I was destroyed was an understatement. I couldn't understand why she did this. The worst part was that she left it up to me to tell Sarah the bad news. When I told Sarah, the devastated look on her face started turning my feelings of hurt into feelings of anger. Then Sarah broke down and started begging to stay with me, and she spilled the beans. She told me things about how her mom would leave with Steve for days at a time and leave drug in charge. Sarah had to learn how to cook for herself at 8 years old because drug would use the money for, well, drugs. And then he would spend the entire time high. And if drug wasn't left in charge, then Pepper would leave her niece, who was convicted of multiple felons, to watch her. She also told me about the first time that she'd ever met Steve. He came to their house, basically just said hello, and then him and her mom disappeared into the bedroom and started loudly, passionately hugging. Sarah was outside the door, bawling, and they just ignored and continued. This is how my 8-year-old learned about passionate hugging, and she's still in counseling trying to recover 7 years later. At this point, my anger has turned into rage. I immediately notified Pepper that there was no way Sarah was coming back, and I would fight her to the death to keep her out of that situation. Pepper responded by getting an emergency hearing in her state to force Sarah back. I had to scramble, but I managed to get a lawyer and I easily won the hearing. Which, I should add, Pepper showed up late for and told the judge that it was due to disability. The judge agreed that since there was no custody agreement and with the troubling accusations that I had gathered, it was best for Sarah to stay with me for now. I'd won the first battle, but it was short-lived. Within an hour of the hearing, I started getting tons of phishing emails and texts. I was also getting password reset requests from my bank, Facebook, Reddit, and any other accounts. I knew that Steve was behind it. The very next day, Jason calls. His law firm's website, email, and phone account had been hacked. Because he had to disclose the hack to the court, and because he was working on a semi-high-profile case at the time, the FBI got involved. To say that I was enraged was an understatement. These two people had destroyed me, harmed my daughter, and tarnished the reputation of my lifelong friend. It was time for them to pay, and pay dearly. I was a man on a mission. I spent hours digging up as much dirt as I could on Steven and Pepper. I had a lot of luck with Pepper. I found social media posts of her staying out late drinking that correlated to tardiness and missed days at school for Sarah. I found tons of pictures of her and two strange kids doing fun activities. I found neighbors who were willing to testify that Sarah had to come beg them for food because she was left with either drug or the felon. I knew that I could bury Pepper. Steve, on the other hand, had all of his accounts locked down. I couldn't find any dirt and it was driving me crazy. Then it hit me to try LinkedIn. It paid off. There wasn't much posted, but through his LinkedIn account, I found the account of his ex-wife, Maria. I reached out to her, and she happily accepted my friend request. Maria and I became fast friends. She hated Pepper, for good reason, because they had both abandoned her kids like they had my daughter, and she did not want them around her kids. I learned so much from Maria. To keep it short, Maria and Steve had recently divorced. 
As part of the custody agreement, Steve got the house, the car, the bank account, the savings, and lower-than-usual child support. Maria had traded away all that money to have full control of the kids. She knew that he was a scumbag, and all she was concerned about was keeping her kids safe. They had a very detailed custody agreement with rules for Steve to follow. As part of the agreement, if Steve broke any of the rules, then he had to pay and pay dearly. He had to sell the house and give her half of everything. His child support would also double, and Steve would be financially ruined. Steve also didn't have her blocked on social media and would regularly send her texts bragging about how great his life was without her. Many of those texts had pictures of Pepper in them. We compared notes, swapped evidence, and we came up with a plan. And now, time for the revenge. First, I got in contact with Jason, and he let the FBI investigator know that I had also had some hacking attempts, and we believed that it was the same person. The investigator called me, and I gave him all the information I had and who I believed was doing it. And then, he asked me a weird question. Do you know where Steve works? Well, yes, I do, thanks to Maria. So, apparently, Steve wasn't as good of a hacker as he thought himself to be. They had already traced the hack on Jason back to a business. The very same business that Steve worked for. As soon as my conversation with the FBI was done, I called his work to lodge a complaint. I told the manager that someone was trying to hack me, and I was pretty sure that it was Steve. They, of course, didn't take it seriously, because I had no proof. What they didn't know was that they were soon going to be getting a visit from a special agent. The next week was absolute hell for Steve and Pepper. Pepper got served with divorce papers, and her lawyer got served with all the evidence I'd gathered. My lawyer said that it was the most complete investigation he'd ever seen. I had all 40 of Sarah's tardinesses from school and 19 absences tied to nights out drinking with Steve. I had hard proof of them abandoning my daughter for days at a time. Maria even gave me a picture that was taken at 2am the night before the emergency hearing with Steve and Pepper drinking in a tattoo parlor. That was the same hearing that she was late to that she said was due to a disability. Steve got served that he had violated the entire custody agreement. Maria had pictures from me proving that he was with Pepper on nights the kids were with him and that the kids were left alone. She also had proof that there was contact with Pepper that violated the custody agreement. The fallout was awesome to watch. Steve was fired. Between my complaint, another old complaint of him hacking, and the FBI showing up, they had no choice but to fire him. He did avoid legal issues because the FBI could never tie it directly to him. The word spread of why he was fired, and no one would hire him in an IT job again. He had to sell his house, liquidate all of his investments, and give half to Maria. His low child support payment got to stay the same since he no longer had a source of income. Last I heard, he was working at a grocery store. So, in total, his income went from $200,000 a year to less than $40,000. As for Pepper, the divorce was swift and painful for her. The judge ruled in my favor for all counts. I got sole custody and sole decision-making. She was forced to go to counseling, and both her and Drug could only visit Sarah with a third-party supervisor paid for by Pepper. Sarah is doing much better. She still needs counseling, but she thrives in school and has many friends. 
She very rarely sees her mom, but she's so much better off without her. Honestly, this story is less like nuclear revenge and more just a parent protecting his child. That part about the 8-year-old girl having to go to her neighbors to beg for food was awful to read. I'm glad you got full custody, OP, because she sounds like an awful mother. Today's episode is sponsored by ExpressVPN. As a content creator, I have to take my online privacy very seriously. That's why I use ExpressVPN as my VPN service. VPNs hide your searches from your internet service provider, and it also protects you from hackers as well. Have you ever been to a coffee shop and connect your phone to their public Wi-Fi? You have no idea who else might be connected to that Wi-Fi. If you're behind a VPN, your device will be protected. Basically, ExpressVPN is an app that reroutes your internet connection through their secure servers, so others can't see what you're doing online. Protect your online activity today with the VPN rated number one by Business Insider. Visit my exclusive link, expressvpn.com slash slash to get an extra three months free for a one-year package. That's expressvpn.com and then the symbol slash followed by the word slash. Our next Reddit post is from Karasu Tepes. This happened back in 2010 when I lived in Winter Garden, Florida with my husband and his dying uncle background. My husband and I moved in with his sick uncle after losing so much during the 2008 housing market crash in the U.S. We were hit pretty hard because my husband's lawn maintenance business lost customers. We moved in with his uncle into a condo because his uncle had stage 4 cirrhosis of the liver, and his self-entitled sister and her family refused to help take care of him. Me and my husband, who is a retired Seminole County Sheriff's Office, got ourselves set up in the condo's two bedrooms, because his uncle had set himself up in the living room, including his bed. On the first day, we found dangerous black mold caused by a leaky dishwasher. On the second day, we found the master shower had loose tiles and a leaky shower head. On the third day, we found a nest of brown recluse spiders in the living room. We talked with his uncle about these problems, and we found out the slumlord was refusing to take care of the issue as required by law. We wanted to start legal actions then, but since the slumlord was a friend of the uncle's family, my husband's uncle talked us out of it several times. The slumlord was nice to us, so long as my husband's sick uncle was alive. The very next day, after my husband's uncle died, was a completely different story. The slumlord had turned nasty, aggressive, and began to try to strong-arm evict us like we were nothing more than drug addicts and squatters. The slumlord even tried to aggressively fight my husband when we dropped off our rent check. He kept telling us that we had to move, or else, but he refused to follow actual Florida laws to evict us. The slumlord and his corrupt Winter Garden Police Department code enforcement officer wife even recruited my husband's self-entitled aunt and uncle to start harassing us. Just move out already, even if you have to live in a tent, my husband's aunt said. Why don't you just move out so the slumlord can rent the condo to another senior? My husband said, we don't have anywhere else to go yet, and he has to go through eviction laws or get into very serious trouble. You're nothing but trouble. You've been problematic since the day you were born. Just get out of their condo and stop being a problem for everyone. Who cares if you have to live in a tent? All of this made my retired police officer husband, who specialized in uncovering corrupt law enforcement, very suspicious. We talked, and he began investigating the slumlord and his corrupt law enforcement wife. 
My first order of business was to place all rent into escrow with evidence of repairs that had been neglected. Second, I sent a cease and desist letter of harassment to the slumlord and the self-entitled aunt. Next, I researched public property tax records, and man, I found pay dirt there. The slumlord's condo was not registered as a rental property with the state of Florida, and he was paying far less in property taxes than he should have been paying. The property tax records also show that the slumlord didn't even own the condo. It was still deeded to his mother, who I found out had been living in a retirement home for five years before my husband's uncle moved in. My husband found out that the corrupt code enforcement wife had been inspecting and signing off on hers and the slumlord's properties, including the condo, which is against Florida code enforcement conduct laws. I found out from my neighbors that the slumlord had only been renting to seniors with severe health issues. I also found out that the Condo Owners Association had a very strict no-renting, no-leasing policy, which means that you or family had to live in the condo and it couldn't be rented out. The Revenge Now that we had all of our evidence, my husband and I began to knock down all of the slumlord's dominoes. My husband went and filed a complaint with the Winter Garden Police Department about the wife and how she perjured inspections on her family properties. My husband has a glowing record in Seminole County with over 200 clean arrests and taking down nearly 60 corrupt public officials, including Child Protective Services in the early 2000s. All of this pushed the police department to open an investigation into the slumlord's wife. They discovered that not only had she perjured inspections on her own family's properties, but also on properties owned by my husband's aunt and uncle as well. This got the corrupt code enforcement wife fired, stripped of her state enforcement officer's license, and convicted of multiple crimes. I sent all evidence of property tax fraud to the Florida's Property Tax Division. That got the state to investigate the slumlord. The state found that not only did the slumlord commit property tax fraud on the condo, but also on a property that he was renting to his son and the aunt's son as well, along with business tax fraud and income tax fraud. Both the slumlord's son and the aunt's son were also busted for possession of illegal narcotics with intent to sell when investigators came to the rental house they lived in. I never expected the investigators to find so much fraud, but I'm glad they did. This investigation also affected my husband's aunt and uncle because they were the slumlord's business partners as well. My husband's uncle then came under investigation by the USPS because he was the postmaster of Winter Garden. The uncle lost his comfy job and his pension after it was discovered how he was assisting the slumlord in the tax fraud scam and for stealing money orders. All four were convicted of multiple white-collar crimes. They had to sell their properties and most of their stuff, serve some form of time, and pay huge amounts of fines and restitution. The slumlord, his wife, my husband's aunt and uncle, as well as their sons all went down for multiple crimes both felonies and misdemeanors, all because they thought they could strong-arm evict us. This just proves how smart we tenants can really be when we're pushed. It also proves why everyone should know about rental laws and how to research public records, because it can save you in the end. Ah, it all makes sense now. The reason why the slumlord couldn't evict you through the proper channels, because by doing so, he would expose himself to be committing tax fraud. That was our slash nuclear revenge. And if you like this content, be sure to follow my podcast because I put out new Reddit podcast episodes every single day.